Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Word association, Dirty Curdy, first thing that comes to mind. He changed the league, am I wrong? God, I hate Tom Brady. He's talented, but yeah. You just won't call him the goat, will you? We should have called ourselves the Hashtag Tits Podcast. A thousand downloads a day, guaranteed. Dude, it is talking sports. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is he the best running back you've ever seen? If he's not, then who is? Who do you put at number one, bro? There will be a Detroit Pistons Bad Boys episode one day. And you love that two-year run, don't you? No, I do. You can get a hot bat anywhere. You build around your pitching, or at least I do if I'm in charge. Pitching and defense wins your World Series, hands down. I came out of the closet <laughs> as a Lakers fan. Whoa, bro, scared me there for a second. Ah, uh, sure bet, sure bet. <laughs> there will be an increase of boxing talk on this show. I love boxing. I'm down for that anytime. Our few non-sports episodes have been pretty well received. We do good things by running a two-fold podcast. Please put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame. Charlie Hustle, the all-time hits leader. It's political bullshit. And if he ever sees the Hall of Fame, he'll be after he's no longer with us. I miss the NBA I grew up on in the 90s and the early 2000s. The game isn't the same, but these kids can play. We're starting to talk more hockey, and that's, you know, that's that's never a bad thing. Puck the world, puck it all. Puck the world, Kurt (laughs) says. I promise you, I can work a pro wrestling reference into every episode. Want to see me do it? Weird flex, but okay. I can't believe, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, I can't believe we've been doing this show a year now. I can't believe people still listen after a year, you know. You have the perfect face for radio. Oh, cut me deep, son. Cut me deep. He exploded a bird with a fastball. I seen it happen. Randy Johnson, the big unit. The the big unit. So, uh, you know, I I got a little soccer news for you. Now, let me stop you right there. That's a no for me. We don't talk soccer on this show. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you, though. Does Kobe win three in a row without Shaq on the Lakers? What do you think? Boy, that's that's, uh, pretty tough. All right. Well, look at it this way. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Without question. And he's still so young. Lots of knowledge left in that kid. All right, guys. Enjoy the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. guys welcome to another episode of steel toes and scoreboards remotely recorded on a weeknight jared atkins with his uh homeboy on the other end of the phone kirk kelly yeah what's up man hey uh how you doing uh sweating her out man <laughs> how, uh, how was today son been a hot son of a buck yeah yeah it's hot it's hot huh it's hot yeah yeah well, you know what? I wish I'd be out there sweating. I've got the Rona again. Yeah, I know. That's what you said. Yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed to be with you last weekend, and yeah, what the hell? I don't know. You'd think Did I got, get, huh? You got stuck a couple times. I got you? stuck a couple times. I didn't get the third stick. I don't think I'm going to now. 
My buddy texted me. He said, if I had to stab my dog three times to prevent rabies with the rabies, and he still got the rabies. Rabies, yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyways, so uh, we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. Yeah. We are uh, we were recording a full-length episode on a weeknight. Right. So run us probably about an hour and a half or so. Uh, before we get started, I got a couple things for you. Okay. Because I've been wanting a chance to talk to you about this in person, and we haven't been able to get together. So this other podcast that we're going to do the collaboration with. Yeah. You're still kind of excited about that, right? Yeah. They've been mentioning us on some of their episodes. Just in passing, uh, they reached out, and one of the ideas they have is they want to do a double recording session. Which means we record an episode with them, and then they'll record one with us, whatever we want to talk about. Okay. They have an idea for me and you, specifically Dutch, who is the, the man on the podcast, because it's man and woman. Right. And he's a big baseball nerd like we are. Okay. He's a cool. big sports nerd. Right. He wants to know what you would think about recording an episode on sports cards specifically baseball cards yeah sure and i told him that you i'm sure as a young boy had a oh, yeah. shoe box full of cards and you might even oh, yeah. still have some uh yeah i still got a few so i told him after we recorded our next episode i'd get back with them on that and we'd try to start setting a date up okay yeah, oh. uh, yeah we, that's cool you want to th- you want to do that yeah man it sounds like fun okay and uh, one other thing, just because I don't know why I want to do this first, but before we get into the episode, I'm going to go ahead and give you the choices for next week's episode. Okay. Or, you know, because I got the kids this weekend, so it'll be the following weekend before we get together. Okay. But I'm going to give you five choices, and that way you can, you can think about it. I need to write them down here. Oh, you're going to write them down real fast? Yeah, let's write them down. Okay. I got me. I got me pen. You ready? Yep. First episode is Richard Petty is king. Basically, we're just gonna talk about Richard Petty. Right. The second episode, we're gonna talk about the great outdoors, hunting, fishing, trapping, gardening, all the I stuff like you it. love to do. I like it. Yeah. Episode three, 1990 World Series. Let's test okay. your knowledge. You remember that? Oh, yes, I do. Who was it? Braves. No, not 90. No, no, no 90. Uh, shit, I can't remember that. Reds over the A's. Yes, I do remember that. Holy shit, Barry Larkin and the boys. Eric Davis. Okay. Yeah. Episode 4, 2006 World Series, Cardinals over Tigers. Damn good World Series. Uh, and then episode five is just a bonus episode. We just press record and whatever fucking stick sticks. Okay. So at the end of the episode, unless you've already made your mind up at the end of the episode, you let me know. Uh, I'm pretty much, I think I pretty much got narrowed down to two, two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, tonight we're doing our first full length, uh, Super Bowl episode. Yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, let's give a little uh, whoop, applause for the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> now you can push the other button for uh, nice note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thirty. Yep. Thirty-six. I gave you the option to randomly pick them. Right. Uh, <clears throat> this went down on February third, two thousand two. This was for the two thousand one NFL season, which was the New England Patriots. Against the greatest show on turf, on turf yeah. the St. Louis Rams. Um, Kurt Playboy Warner. That's right. Uh, uh, ultimately, of course, this would be the start of the Patriots dynasty yeah. and the end of the, the Rams' dynasty. Right, right. Uh, Much as it pains us, you know. But. <laughs> this would snap the AFC East long streak of not being able to win a Super Bowl. Uh, it was also the Patriots' first Super Bowl championship, uh, their first championship of any kind in the league. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was the last Super Bowl to feature the Rams until they returned to L.A., which where they would face the Patriots yeah. for the uh, 2018 season the, in February 2019. All right. This Super Bowl was held in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, of course, as we know, in 2001, what big event happened a week before the season kicked off was 9-11. All right. As a result of that, they rescheduled the Super Bowl because they pushed the the opening season opener for the league back a week. So everything moved back a week. So this was the first Super Bowl to be played in February, which has since become a tradition. We've never had a January football, a January Super Bowl since. And what's not what's also notable about this was the halftime show was headlined by U two. Oh yeah. Who okay. honored Bono, who honored the victims of nine eleven. Right. And right. due to uh this was the most security Oh yeah. The right. most heavily security presence of any Super Bowl to date. Cause I mean you gotta remember, here we are. Right six months after this happened, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, this was the last well, Super Bowl to be played in New Orleans before Katrina destroyed it. <laughs> so, um, Man, I think. seems like a long time ago. 2001. Wow. Well, I, I take it back. It was February 2002. I was, uh, I was an eighth grader. Because I graduated junior high and I started as a freshman in the fall of 2002. So I would have been second semester of my eighth grade year here. I've been working in electronics. Casper. Oh, really? Yep. God, 2002. That's such a long time ago. 20 years. 20 years. Yep. 20 years. Uh, this was the Rams' uh, second Super Bowl appearance in three seasons. They had posted an NFL best 14 and 2 regular season record. Uh, Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. They, uh, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. Tory Holt. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, you know one thing I forgot to put in the notes? What's that? The lineups for each team. The lineups. Uh, but, but we'll get it. I got the internet I, connected down here. I was just watching the. Uh, when you text me i was watching the first quarter of it was you yeah you know, well got into a few uh, possessions apiece 
I think you seem pretty excited about this. I mean, I gave you a list of, uh, which for those of you that don't remember the, the Waco episode, Kurt and I was just like, we're going to pick some random Super Bowls. And then I just kept throwing numbers at Kurt and he shot down everything I threw at him. <laughs> well, so then we got a week out from Saturday when we were supposed to record. I'm like, dude, we got to pick something tonight. And he's like, okay, give me five more. And then he hollered back this one, 36. And I couldn't remember who played in 36. So, <laughs> is that what you were yeah. doing? Were you Googling them? Yeah, yeah. All well, right. Good Super Bowl, right? Oh yeah. So, uh, um, because this is such a short episode compared to the baseball episode, basically, there's about a paragraph or two about the regular season, and then each right. of the two playoff games, and then the game itself. So, I'll right. probably go through those unless you want to just skip right to meat and taters. No, no. Let's, let's just give us the details on. All it. right. So the two thousand. Okay. All right. Uh. Do we need to pay a bill tonight? Should we do that? Yeah, I think we should. Because, I mean, we're, we are running like a full-length episode, so. Right. Ah, right. screw it. Let's do it real quick. Yep. All right, guys. Check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper, Indiana. It's a small family-owned business that specializes in laser engraving and direct garment printing. They offer vinyl decals, baby blankets, and other personalized items for you or your business. They do great work. You can check them out on Facebook. Uh, they've offered to make a logo for us umpteen times over. I need to get that done. Maybe when me and Kurt get this million-dollar contract from Spotify like Joe Rogan, we will uh, we'll give them a call. But anyways, uh, give them a phone call at 812-661-7765 or message them on Facebook. Again, that's Main Street Designs, LLC, in Jasper. Call them. Kurt says call them. Dude, I'm telling you right now, they made some tumblers for a, a, a some wedding here not that long ago, and these were the coolest looking freaking tumblers yeah. ever. I've heard they're really, really good at what they do. Yeah, dude, they're just okay. Let's get let's get into it. Yep. Okay, so the 2001 season was the Rams' 65th season in the NFL. This was their seventh season in St. Louis at the time because they had moved from L.A. And this was their second season under head coach Mike Martz. They improved on their 10-6 and record from the 2000 season, and they finished 14-2. and uh, They were first place in the NFC West, and they ended up finishing first in the entire National Football League. Uh, they had a perfect 8-0 record on the road, and Kurt Warner would go on to win his second league MVP. Along with Warner's 1999 MVP award and Marshall Falk's 2000 MVP award, the Rams had won the last three NFL MVP awards. Greatest Marshall show on turf. Falk, man. Marshall Falk, baby. He was always falling forward, man. You know what I think, Marshall Falk? I'm a homer. I think Indianapolis Colts, Marshall <laughs> yeah, Falk. Yeah. But to this day, I would, if I'm do if, if, if we ever decide to do a top 10 episode again, which I said we wouldn't do no more for six months after the way this point guard thing went down, if we ever do a top 10 running backs, Marshall Falk makes the top 10, maybe even top five. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, in doing this, they also became the first team in NFL history to open three consecutive seasons with six straight wins 
and the first to score 500 or more points in three consecutive seasons. So this is honestly aptly named the greatest show on turf for a reason. Like, I mean, it, it, it was Rams yeah. mania everywhere. You go back, I can remember going oh, back, you going back 98, 99, 2000, it's, it's Rams mania yes. everywhere. Yes, yes. Okay, so, so here we go. So they cruise first round by in the playoffs. They don't play wild card weekend. Uh, the next weekend comes up divisional round against the Green Bay Packers. They stomped them out forty-five to seventeen at the Dome in St. Louis. Would that have been far would have been gone? Would he? No, no, not yeah, no two. There. Yeah, he's, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, not no two, son. No. No, he wasn't. There. Hey, you gave me a pick him today. You you said uh, you said yeah. Pat Summerall, right? Yeah. Yeah, Pat Summerall and Joe Madden did the commentary on this game. Yes. Yes. So I, I figured I'd switch it up well on you a little bit and, and throw you maybe some good commentator, you know. Hey, Pat Summerall, man. Dick Inberg was good too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he, he was. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Pat comment. Pat did the play-by-play him and John for this Super Bowl. Yes. yes. This would have been the last Super Bowl they called together too. <laughs> like boom, boom, yeah. boom. boom. Frank Colley, you ever watch Frank Colliendo do his John Madden impersonations? He's pretty good at it. He does the best John Madden. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a a video somewhere on YouTube of uh, John Madden and Frank Colliendo doing a John Madden together, (laughs) and the guy's blindfolded, and so he can't tell which one's which. And he actually picked Caliendo. No way. Thinking it was John. Yeah, it's fucking crazy how good he is. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he is pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I got in my notes. So this divisional round matchup featured two of the league's highest rated quarterbacks with Favre and Warner going head to head. But it become pretty lopsided immediately as St. Louis's defense. Uh, forced eight turnovers. Favre threw for 281 yards. He tied a playoff record by tossing six interceptions, though. Ouch. Three of which went for pick six, baby. Ouch. The Packers generated most of their offense early in the the game, but the turnovers gave the Rams a 24-10 halftime lead. The Rams will then return two interceptions in the second half to put the game away. So, let's see. Did I um Okay. So the Rams DBs opened up the scoring by returning an interception from far for 29 yards. The next time Green Bay had the ball, they turned it over again and the defensive back stripped the ball from running back Amon Green and Rams rookie DB Adam Archuleta, Archuleta. who was a first round draft pick or no, he was a first round he was a draft pick that season, but he wasn't first round. I don't remember when he was. Uh, damn, damn good safety. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One of the one of my all time favorite players. Uh, he re- he recovered the ball. The Rams weren't able to take advantage of it. A few plays later, Warner's pass was intercepted by probably one of my top ten favorite safeties of all time, Darren Sharper. Yeah, yeah. On the Packers' thirty five yard line. Favre would then uh, throw a couple slant passes in to Donald Driver uh, before tying the game with a 22-yard touchdown pass. The Rams would come right back with a 15-yard completion down to Akeem, 
in a 38-yard slant route to Marshall Falk. So they're they're going back and forth. A couple plays later, Warner scores a four-yard touchdown pass to Torrey Holt to put the Rams back in the lead. Then Green Bay's next possession, uh, Favre was intercepted, and it's returned 45 yards for a touchdown. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Kyle's best. Yeah. Then a kickoff was returned for a touchdown. Um, for on the Rams side, Green Bay would still manage to score a field goal right before halftime, which would give the Rams a 24 to 10 halftime lead. Uh, in the second half, the Rams would score two touchdowns in a span of 92 seconds. Wow. On Green Bay's opening drive of the second half, Amon Green's 49-yard run moved the ball into Rams territory, but on the three plays later, he the ball was stripped away, uh, and the Rams recovered it and returned it for a touchdown. Uh, a replay challenge was overruled, and then three plays later, Torrey Holt's 50-yard reception set up a seven-yard touchdown run by Marshall Falk. So we slept. Yeah, we slept in the fourth quarter, and basically, uh, the Rams' defense scored again with another interception return. Uh, at, this, at this point, momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. it's this is Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers. Right. I mean. Yeah, Favre's only got one Super Bowl ring, but it's still Brett Favre. Brett with, Favre yeah. When, yeah, when he was there, the, the Packers were always pretty much a playoff contender. Oh, yeah. I think they oh, missed yeah. the playoffs, what, two or three times maybe in his entire yeah, span at QB? Yes. So, but, I mean, he just got, you know, six interceptions in a game. Yeah, the momentum was, wow, heavy. heavy. Yeah. So, the next week... We cruise on to the NFC Championship game. This is um, against the Philadelphia Eagles. This goes down on January 27, 2002. This game was a lot closer. This game was decided by five points. The Rams top bested the Eagles 29-24. to uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden was on the call again. Uh, basically what I put here, I didn't put too much in here about this. So the Eagles had a 17 to 13 lead at halftime and had not allowed more than 21 points per game during the season in the playoffs. So the Eagles defense was pretty good that season, but the Rams bounced back after Kurt Warner completed two thirds of his passes for 212 yards and Marshall Falk had 159 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So now this was early in the Donovan McNabb era. So in the first quarter, McNabb fumbled uh, while being sacked by defensive end Leonard Little, who, by the way, did not get enough credit for being the player he was back in the day. Uh, I have to agree with you. Uh, One of my favorite players. God, you know what? I can't I can't name half the guys on these rosters nowadays. But man, when I was a teenager and in my early twenties and my childhood, I bet you I could name seventy five percent of everybody on each team. Right on. But some of these guys I just miss the football from back then, you know what I mean? But anyways Leonard Little gets the you know, the fumble or the 
the Sack strip fumble. strip yeah sacked fumble uh Rams recovered it on the 20 yard line and then five plays later Warner with a beautiful five yard pass to Isaac Bruce Philadelphia would bounce back with an 11 play 50 yard drive featuring a 20 yard run by Deuce Staley Deuce Staley yeah. that's a name we ain't heard in a while uh, it's been a minute yeah pretty good running back uh, that ended with a 46 yard field goal by David Akers uh Left yep. Side, yes, right. Um, and then there was a kickoff returned. Falk did some rushing. Uh, 27-yard field goal was made by the Rams. The Rams would take a 10-3 to lead. In the second quarter, uh... The Rams kicker hit the crossbar on a 53-yard field goal attempt, and the Eagles took over on the 43-yard line. On the next play, rookie running back Carell Buckhalter. Yep. God, I'm missing all these guys. Carell Buckhalter broke off a 31-yard run to the St. Louis 26, and then a few pages later, Deuce Staley would finish the drive with a one-yard touchdown run to tie the game. But then on the opposite end of things, on the Rams' very next drive, a 31-yard run by Marshall Falk set up a 39-yard field goal by Wilkins, and the Rams retook the lead, but they did not hold it as McNabb and company responded with a couple completions down the field before throwing a 12-yard touchdown pass with 47 seconds left to go in the half. So got a little bit of a nail-biter here. Right. Uh, St. Louis dominated the Eagles in the third quarter. They held the ball for 12 minutes and 30 seconds in the third quarter. Damn. Limiting Philadelphia, they had just five offensive plays the entire third quarter. That kind of tells the story. That time of possession, you know, people people don't pay enough attention to that. Time of possession is a big thing. Yes. Um... So they they go back and forth a little bit here. Uh, let's see. Warner completed. Uh, they f- oh shit, I lost my place. They fought. They fumbled the opening kickoff, uh, and the Rams recovered it. Seven runs by Marshall Falk for twenty-seven yards. Warner threw a twenty-one yard pass to Tory Holt. They set up a th- another field goal. Then the game became seventeen to sixteen. They forced a three and out. The Rams drove 71 yards in 10 plays. Um, Marshall Fox scored a touchdown. And then we're at 22-17. And basically after this, they uh, just start to run away with it a little bit. I mean, I shouldn't say run away because, like I said, the the final score was 24 to 29, but then it becomes 22 to 17 before the start of the third or the fourth quarter. Right, and think about it, uh, Philadelphia defense being on the field the whole third quarter, it sounds like. So, uh, yeah, the big moment was tipping. Yeah, so so that's kind of how the Rams got there that season. Right. And they're kind of top dog because for the last two or three years, they've been the greatest show on turf anyways. Mm-hmm. So it appears to everybody on the outside that no matter who they're going to face – I mean, they're going to... They got a pretty pretty good chance of winning. Favorite, yeah. So now, here's how we get to the start of the fucking Patriots dynasty. Yeah. I hate the Patriots. 
Cheaters. So, <laughs> their 2001 season was the 32nd season in the NFL and their 42nd season overall. I don't know where they played before. Don't really care. Uh, um, they so the Super Bowl appearance before this. They did right? because that's who the that's. I'm pretty sure that's who Favre and the Packers beat. Eighty-five Bears. Maybe two then. Because I'm pretty sure that's who Favre and the Packers played when they won their Super Bowl in 96. That's right. That's right. Yep. Okay. So they finished the season 11 and 5 and won the AFC East title. Uh, Coming off a fifth place finish in the AFC East during Belichick's first season in 2000, the Patriots were not expected to do much better in 2001. Uh, on August 6th, the day after my birthday, on August 6th, quarterback's coach Dick Rabin died of cardiomyopathy at the age of 45. In the second game of the regular season, nine-year starting quarterback Drew Bledsoe, who had just received a 10-year contract extension in March, was injured on a hit by Jets linebacker Mo Lewis, which caused... Tom Brady, a sixth-round draft pick in 2000 out of the University of Michigan, who had only thrown three passes the season before, to enter the game serving as the Patriots' fourth-string rookie the season before. So he was a fourth-string rookie the season before and only threw three passes the season before. And now he's coming in on, you know. Yeah. The second game of the season, and, and this is where I always ask you: with if Drew Bledsoe never got hurt, I mean, it'd be, it'd be different. Things would be different. I mean, I'm not saying the son of a bitch didn't have the talent, and he wouldn't have got what he got. Because I can't put all that on Billichek. Some of that is Brady, right? But it would have had to been a lot of stars aligning and a lot of right opportunities. Because if Bledsoe yeah. never got hurt. He wouldn't have got to play except for like mop up duty in postseason. Exactly. So yeah. you don't really know what you got. It was it would be like a uh, Matt Flynn when he played for the Packers, and he had that awesome game in Week 17 when they benched Rodgers for the playoffs, and then Flynn goes to Seattle and they end up starting Russell Wilson. Yep. So, but anyways, if fate it was fate would have it. As fate would have it. Yes. So the Patriots would lose that game and fall 0-2, but Brady startled <clears throat> Brady would start the final 14 games of the season, and somehow they compiled an he compiled an eleven and three record as a starter. They clinched the second seed in the AFC behind any guess? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steel, you fucking homer. Uh, as a result, the Patriots became the first team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl after starting the season 1-3 and three, and only the second team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl after starting the season 2-3 after the uh, 1980 Oakland Raiders. Yeah, which is funny because um, in the second, with the second seed in the AFC East playoffs, they would face the Oakland Raiders – at home in Foxborough in the first <laughs> following a, a first round bye in the snowstorm, which is 
often been known as what, what is this game infamous for? The Tuck Rule. Tuck which we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes. Right on. And then, of course, they would go on to defeat the top-seeded Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game. So, um, let's uh, just yeah, hang on just a second here. As it would turn out, the 2001 season would serve as a launching pad for the New England Patriots. In the next 18 seasons, they would win 16 more division titles, win eight more AFC championships in their 12 AFC championship game appearances, win five more Super Bowl titles out of their eight Super Bowl appearances, and achieve an undefeated regular season followed by a 2-1 and playoff record in 2007. Shout out, New York Giants. And get caught cheating twice. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. I, I'm sure I've, I was going to give you plenty of time to. Uh... So so here we go. Here we go. The infamous game. So uh, on Saturday, January 19th, 2002, I was watching this. I was watching this game. Yeah, me too. 19 degrees, 8 o'clock p.m. on the East Coast. Heavy snow, 60,000 people. I mean, and when I say heavy snow, Heavy snow. Yeah, me and Kurt mean heavy. Like, think of how fat I am. Like, heavy snow. It was coming down at a tremendous rate. Dude, visibility was like nothing. Like, how the fuck are yeah. you going to see the ball being thrown downfield? Yeah. They had a hard time keeping the, yard, uh, the, the 10 yards, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, them yard line markers. Uh, this would be line. the final one being played at Foxborough Stadium before they went to Gillette. Right. Okay. Uh, how fun that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is the infamous tuck rule game. Uh the team struggled struggled heavily <laughs> in the snow in the first half. Uh there was the same number of punts as first downs in the first half, and they converted yeah. only one of thirteen third downs. Wow. Now the Raiders were quarterbacked at the time by a guy that, you know, back in the old Madden playing days. Yeah. He wasn't a bad. He wasn't a bad guy. He was a serviceable. He was a solid starter. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Add a boy, Kurt. Yeah, he wasn't too bad for No, Rich Gannon was solid. He was solid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. So, uh, let's see. Rich Gannon though was fairly efficient at the somehow surprisingly he completed ten of fourteen passes for eighty seven yards. And including a 13-yard touchdown pass to James Jett early in the second quarter. Um, where are we at here? Early in the gotta, second quarter. You got to think it don't ever snow in Oakland, you know? No, don't ever snow in California. If it snows in California, the world's come to an end, right? Right. No, at least Oakland, in Oakland. I mean, in Northern Cali, they get it, but. Yeah. Okay. And so they're out of their element already. Yeah. Like and this is this is Boston, Massachusetts. Like we got yeah. this, you know. Yeah. Okay, so in the second half, things began to open up for New England. Uh surprisingly. Uh they almost they, they basically decided to abandon the running game and they relied on Brady, which you still don't know what you have in Tom yet, other than he's had a decent season and you could call an outlier of that saying he's just a good game manager or they got good defense. I'm saying at this point 
in the postseason of his second year, you still don't know what you have in him. So to right. to pretty much put the pressure on him and, and just abandon the running game, I mean, is it a wing and a prayer? I mean, I don't know. It's something under him, I think. So he ended up completing 26 of 39 passes for 238 yards in the second half. Wow. On the opening drive of the third quarter, he led the Patriots 62 yards in 12 plays down to the Raiders' five yard line, where Adam Vinatieri would make a 23 yard field goal to cut the score 7 3. Oakland responded with a 10 play, 43 yard drive and scored a 38-yard field goal from the 2000 round one draft pick, Sebastian Janikowski. How you ever waste a first-round draft pick on a kicker. He had a solid career, but... That's the most Oakland thing. That's some Cleveland Browns shit, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Anyways, after forcing a punt, a 22-yard reception by Oakland... Wide receiver in the twilight of his career, Jerry All right. Jerry Rice yeah. would set up Janikowski's second field goal, giving the Raiders a 13-3 lead with two minutes left to go in the third quarter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here we go. In the fourth quarter, Brady led the Patriots on a 10-play, 67-yard drive, completing nine consecutive passes for 61 yards, and fish, finishing it with a six-yard touchdown run. Later in the quarter, the infamous Tuck incident occurred. Yes. And, and here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna read this, and then I'm going to let you bitch, because it's going to be funny, and I want to have it on tape for future generations to hear. <laughs> As Brady dropped back to pass, he lost the ball while being tackled by his former college teammate and one of the most intimidating Defensive players ever, a Heisman winner, Charles Woodson. Yes. And Oakland linebacker Greg Beekert recovered it with a minute 43 left. However, thank God for instant replay, right? Replay, yeah. However, an instant replay challenge caused referee Walt Coleman to overturn the fumble, ruling Brady's arm had been moving forward while being tackled, making the play an incomplete Pass, pass huh? which sent everybody in Foxborough up in cheers and everybody watching at home in Oakland smashing their television sets. Yes, terrible call. Taking advantage of the second chance, Brady led the Patriots inside the Raiders' 30-yard line where Vinatieri made a 45-yard field goal with 27 seconds left. A dramatic kick through heavy snowfall that barely cleared the crossbar, but it won to send the game into overtime. New England would win the coin toss and drove for the winning field goal on a possession that featured a risky fourth down and four conversion attempt from Brady, who would throw a six-yard pass to David Patton at the Raiders' 22-yard line to keep the drive alive. While Vinatieri's game-tying kick had the wind at his back, this drive was into the win, and the Patriots wanted to move closer, following five runs from Smith and one from Brady. And after a drive of more than eight minutes, Vinatieri hit a 23-yard field goal to give the Pats a 16-13 overtime win. And now you can go. That was a terrible call. I don't know. That's a fumble all day. It's a fumble all day? That's a fumble all day. His, his arm was not going forward. 
if I could play the audio while I was on the phone with you, I would. And I didn't bring my work phone downstairs with me, so I don't have a backup option. But uh, so it begins the cheating era of the <laughs> Union Patriots. I said it. I mean, we could we could spend it. We could spend a whole entire episode based on not just bad calls, but on the Tuck Rule game and the Tuck Rule itself. Yeah. Um. I've looked at this a million. It's it's been twenty years now, over twenty years. It's like been twenty and a half years now. Right. Um, I thought it was a bad call then, and it's still a bad. Call. And as I look at it now, it's still a bad call. But I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Do you? What do you? What do you make that call in that situation? Coleman was probably thinking he was doing the right thing, but. It's still. Uh, I don't know what he's looking at. <laughs> to me, it's not an incomplete pass. No, it's a fumble. But all day recovered by the Raiders. Ball game. Poor Raiders. They get screwed with the immaculate reception. Reception. Yeah. The tuck rule. The tuck rule. I don't know. Uh, it's a bad call, and it, it and the game actually it it turned the game. You know. Uh, I hate for something like that happens. Let's, let's so 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 here so here's the thing: there's no Patriots dynasty. Potentially, we've always argued yeah. if if Bledsoe never got hurt. But what if the right. Tuck rule never got reversed? They don't make it to the Super Bowl that year. Rich Dude. Gannon, Rich Gannon was no slouch at quarterback. No, no, he and um, was go ahead. As a matter of fact, he took him to the Super Bowl. Was it a year before that or a year? Something like that. that. Was was Gruden still coaching or was he already in Tampa Bay? Gruden was in Tampa Bay and they played the Buccaneers. Trent Dilfer, the boys. Trent Dilfer. Just to manage the game quarterback. Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, all them guys. Yes. Hmm. Barber. Not Barber, but. uh, Yeah, Rondé Barber was a defensive back. Derek Brooks was a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Allstott. Hey, Mike Allstott was a beast. Yes, he was a beast. Their defense was uh, Tampa 2. That's where the Tampa 2 comes in. At. Monty Kiffin. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Look at me go. Shout out myself. Yeah. Monty Kiffin, yeah. baby. Good call, man. One yep. of the best defensive minds in football yeah, history. Outside of Dick LeBeau, yeah. But. Oh, God. <laughs> Homer. So, unfortunately, that means the number two seed is advancing on in the AFC to face the number one seed at Heinz Field, which, by the way, we really missed the boat on a current events episode this week. Yeah, I know. Act, what, AccuSure, uh, AccuSendFit, what the fuck is that? Well, I don't know. There's, there's actually petitions going around on change.org to get it changed back to it, and there's thousands of signatures, and I'm like, this is a this is probably like a hundred million dollar a year naming right thing. The Steelers aren't giving this money back, so. Right. Joe Green Stadium, man. Joe Green Stadium. That's where it all starts, man. Rooney yeah. Field. Yeah, there's something you know. I don't care anything but what they call it. That's money here. Talking. Okay, so here, so here we go. Sunday. January 27th, 2002, 
12.30 p.m., kickoff time, 50-degree temperatures, sunny skies, beautiful weather, 65,000 people crammed into Heinz Field. And Drew Bledsoe comes into the game in the second quarter in place of an injured Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Isn't that kind of funny? It is kind of funny. The g- <laughs> <laughs> So, Patriots receiver Troy Brown, who was... Oh, he eat us alive, dude. He literally he beat us up set by himself. 55-yard punt return touchdown yes. with 342 left in the first quarter. Pittsburgh drove 65 yards in 10 plays, scoring on a 30-yard field goal from Chris Brown. Later in the quarter, Brady completed a 28-yard pass to the Brown at the Steelers' 40-yard line, but was knocked out of the game. Bledsoe took over without missing a beat, rushing for four yards and completing three passes to David Patton, uh, an 11-yard touchdown to give the Patriots a 14-3 lead. On the first drive of the second half, Teddy Bruschi recovered a fumbled snap on the Steelers' 35-yard line. By the way, when I think back that era, those Steelers, they're not Steelers, the Patriots' linebacking core there for a few years, Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis both, Top rate. Junior Seau. Top shelf. Top shelf. Oh, yeah. And Brewski's a comeback story because, you know, he had the the injury or the stroke or whatever he had in camp. But uh, you might hate the Patriots, and I might hate the Patriots, and a lot of people do, but I can't think of anybody that's ever said a bad word about Teddy Brewski. Teddy Brewski. I like Teddy. Yeah, yeah, he might have played a little rough, but he's a class act. He's – anyways. Just showing a little he's Teddy Brewski love. Supposed to be, he's supposed to be rough. He's a linebacker. Well, it's a linebacker. That's the best position to play. You get to bust everybody in the mouth. That's right. That's right. So, um, the Patriots gained only two yards on their next four plays and ended up turning the ball over on downs. Pittsburgh would drive 52 yards to the 16-yard line to set up Chris Brown's second field goal attempt, but this time his kick was blocked, and Troy Brown recovered the ball. After returning at 11 yards, Brown threw a lateral pass to Antoine Harris, who took the ball the remaining 45 yards for a touchdown to increase New England's lead 21-3. Of course, the the Steelers struck back with quarterback, my guy that you wouldn't let me put on the Steelers list. You remember who was quarterback? Tommy Mays. No. No. You're one one too far, or one too ahead. Uh, Cordell, baby. Cordell Stewart, right on. Cordell Stewart, slash, slash. slash, completing a 24-yard pass to Heinz Ward and a 19-yard screen pass on an eight-play 79-yard drive. And the bus finished it off with a bruising one-yard touchdown run to cut the, cut the score 21-10. to uh, New England was forced to punt after Bledsoe was sacked. Troy Edwards returned the punt 28 yards to the Patriots' 32-yard line. Uh, and then five plays later, uh, I don't remember how to say this guy's name. Amos zero away. Yeah. Zero away. I do not remember Amos. Why? Well, I'm not, I'm not remembering this play at all. He, anyways, he had an 11 yard touchdown run that made the score 21 to 17. And then early in the fourth quarter, Adam Vinatieri kicked a 44 yard bomb to put New England up 24 to 17. 
Later on in the quarter, the Patriots made two key stops to clinch their Super Bowl appearance. First, uh, Cordell Stewart was intercepted, and it was returned 19 yards to the Steelers' 34. Pittsburgh's defense managed to prevent a first down, and Vinatieri missed a 50-yard field goal attempt that would have sealed the game, giving the Steelers the ball back on their own 40. But a few plays later, safety lawyer Malloy, God, I love lawyer Malloy, intercepted a pass from Cordell Stewart with two minutes left to go to seal the game, and the Patriots would run the clock out. Patriots win 24 to 17. Uh, so now you know how they both got there. And before we, we get there, a couple things to go over. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of notable rules and changes and retirements and deaths and, and everything in between the 2000 and 2001 season. Or so, uh, the biggest thing was, uh, the 2001 season, would be the final season with 31 teams in three divisions as because in 2002 the Texans would start play and there would then be four divisions added to each conference. Uh, Michael Vick was the number one overall draft pick in the 2001 draft class. And shortly before the draft, uh, Troy Aikman would announce his retirement in April of 2001. Um... Let's see. So that I got some more stuff in there about uh, Super Bowl Thirty Six and about the um, you know the safety protocol for oh, for nine yeah. eleven. But I mean, we kind of went through that anyway. Just know that there there's never been a Super Bowl with more increased presence. I mean, it's still ever since nine eleven, or well, I guess before nine. The Super Bowl has always been a, a heavily secured event. But the one after 9-11 was, like, fucking bonkers. Right. And, I mean, they're still pretty heavily under security now with the advancement in technology. And, you know, they think people can explode shit with their phones, and they probably can. Right. But, um, so anyways, there are schedule changes, and, um, let me look here, Kurt, see if I need, see if we need anything to say uh, you got something? No, I thought I did, but no. You got okay. nothing? No, I got nothing. I have uh, something else. I don't know what I was thinking there for a minute. Squirrel. You ever, you ever get, yeah, squirrel and Luby. Yeah. It's hot today, bro. <laughs> dude, dude, I was thinking about you so much today. <laughs> Like it literally sucks the energy out of me, man. I'm sitting here right now, and, and I need to be up moving around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get in the air conditioned, man, after that, that day like it did it today, and it's like, wow. Your car don't have air conditioning, does it? Huh? Your car don't have air conditioning, does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, it does? I don't, I, I don't use it, though. Oh. Well, I mean, if I if I got to work in the heat, I ain't gonna be riding in the air conditioning work. I, I will maybe uh, have to work. My AC unit upstairs is pretty much shot. Yeah. I need a new one to replace it, and since you know, I'm not gonna be probably I probably won't be here next summer. Right. I'm not gonna spend the money to fix the place anymore. Right. Oh, so, I mean, we're blacked out, you know, aluminum foil and trash bags looks like a trap house. 
what's the temperature? But right now, it, upstairs, it's like eighty-two. Uh, uh, so you know, if I hadn't, ha- if I didn't have the fans running, if I didn't have the window unit AC in, and if I didn't have everything trapped out, it'd probably be ninety-six. Yes. But I'm down oh, here in the God. basement with a fan on me, and it's like seventy-one down here in the basement. Yeah, there you go. Plus, I'm on the part of the basement that's pretty much completely underground. Right. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, are you good? Do Do we need a? No, I'm good. Okay. Um. I just had a a moment there. Well, let's let's pay another bill real fast. I mean, I don't think we're gonna pay them all tonight, but we can pay a couple. Yeah, we'll pay a couple. We'll pay a couple. So. Oh shit! I almost hit stop record. That would have been bad. Don't do that. Kurt would have been like, you can redo this one on your own. All right, here we go, bro. So, guys, check out our girl, Nana's Aromas LLC. Nana is like our biggest supporter out of everybody. Uh, Check her out on Facebook. Check her out on the interwebs at nanasaromas.com. She's located uh, up in Palmyra, Indiana, up in Harrison County. Uh, She's got a nice little candle store uh, on our property there, but you need to she asked that you call to schedule an appointment due to covid uh but you know she's got all sorts of candles she's got air fresheners warmers melts everything um everything is custom made from her from start to finish even the labeling uh she does everything in small batches for uh better qc and uh she sent us a free candle i burned it last week a little bit it smelled delicious it does smell good, though. It's blueberry cheesecake. Yes. Kurt was almost ready to lick the candle. Yes. But she she will ship all over the U.S., all 50 states. She will ship, and she has got hundreds and hundreds of, of things in her online store. So give her a call at 812-972-3670. That's 812-972-3670. Or send her a message on Facebook and tell her the guys at Steel Toes and Scoreboard sent you. And uh, they'll probably make her feel real good. Collar. Collar. I love <laughs> Collar. Collar. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so something I wanted to tell you. Yeah. The Rams entered this game going into this Super Bowl. I did a little digging on, on the research and a uh, little article reading and everything. And going back to 2001... Vegas odds, Vegas odds are always everything. Right. The Rams were 14 point favorites. Really? Heading into the Super Bowl. This is because Warner statistically had had the best year of his career. He had a quarterback rating of 101, a completion rate of 68.7, and he threw for 4,800 yards. Many believe that the Patriots had a Cinderella story and it was just a fluke especially after beating Oakland in a controversial playoff game, the tuck rule, they thought the magic was going to run out. Uh, There had been speculation on whether longtime starter Drew Bledsoe might start the game instead of Tom Brady because, as stated before, Bledsoe had replaced Brady against the Steelers in the title game. Uh, Although it came out the week of the Super Bowl that Brady was going to start over Bledsoe, uh, this Super Bowl also meant that Boston and St. Louis would play each other in the championship game or series of all four major North American sport leagues at least once, becoming the first time that that had happened between teams from specific regions or cities. 
The Bruins had played the Blues in the Stanley Cup. The Celtics and the Hawks had faced each other in the NBA. The Cardinals and the Red Sox had faced each other in 46 and 67 in the World Series. That's an interesting side note there. Yeah. I like it. Like it? Yes. Okay. Um and then here you go. Here I just wanted to I just wanted to do this for you just real fast because what we were talking about earlier. The game was called by Pat Summerall and John Madden on color. Uh, this was Summerall's 26th and final Super Bowl broadcast on television or radio, his 11th doing the play-by-play. It was also the 8th and final Super Bowl telecast and final NFL telecast of any kind for the Summerall-Madden duo. The two have become the NFL's most famous broadcasting team since they were paired together in CBS on 1981. After this game, Summerall retired from broadcasting, and Madden moved to ABC with John with uh, Al Michaels. Al Michaels right. As a result, Madden was the first person to announce Super Bowls on different networks in consecutive years when he called Super Bowl 37 on ABC with Al Michaels. Um, let's see here. Some more things. Uh... In a video segment, past and present NFL players read excerpts from the Declaration of Independence, which has become part of all subsequent Super Bowls since, carried by Fox Sports. Uh, Let's see here. Former President Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton appeared in another videotape segment and recited some of the speeches by Abraham Lincoln. Because Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's disease, his wife Nancy appeared in the segment in place of him. Uh, And George Herbert Walker Bush has become the first president, past or present, to participate in a Super Bowl coin toss in person. Reagan had participated in the Super Bowl coin toss on Super Bowl XIX, but via White House, uh, from the White House via satellite. Uh, and then the last thing before we get to the game here is just talking about the uh, the pay- what was noteworthy was the Patriots' entrance into the Superdome. Back then, players were introduced one at a time, offense, defense, and uh, Belichick wanted the team to be presented together, and you know their name was the Patriots, and this was two thousand one. So, wow, I, I forgot all about that. They they did. Uh, the NFL initially refused it, and basically Belichick said, well, you can fine us or do whatever the fuck you want, but we're all going in together because we're patriots. It's our name and, you know, 9-11. So uh, just send me the fucking fine in the mail, basically. Now, I, gotta have, I will say for Belichick, that's pretty uh, – <laughs> I respect that, you know. I mean, it's the fucking patriots, and we hate them, but – I mean, it's Patriots yeah. and it's nine eleven and it's yes. And then, uh, yeah. Then, of course, you know, and I'm not getting into it, but uh, it's been ranked as probably one of the greatest, or as the greatest halftime show in history. I don't think so, but because of what it meant, you two and Bono and how humanitarians they are, and the whole nine eleven tribute and. We got it. 
Janet Jackson wanted to originally. Huh? That was a good one there. What? Janet Jackson. Yeah, she originally was selected to perform, but uh, she did two two years later, and I think we're all thankful for that. Yes. Shout out titties. It's my show. I can say titties. Everybody loves titties. Yes. Can't, can't believe we said titty. Okay, I so said let's. Boobies. You said boobies. <laughs> Good God, we said boobies and titties on air. Oh no. Okay, so here we go. Meat and tater time. Let's get into it. Okay, so basically just a little breakdown of each period. Each period. Each quarter. I said period. <laughs> what the fuck? This isn't <laughs> hockey. Or basketball. Or basketball. Yeah. Okay, the Rams scored first midway through the first quarter. As Rambo say, they drew first blood. Not me. So the Rams scored midway through the first quarter. Uh, Warner completed six of seven passes for 43 yards on a 48-yard 10-play drive to set up a 50-yard field goal by uh, Jeff Wilkins. At the time, the field goal was the third longest in Super Bowl history. While the rest of the quarter was scoreless, the Patriots were stiffing, stifling the typically high-powered Ram offense by playing physical man coverage with yes. the Rams receivers, which was yes. forcing them into long drives that would end in punts or field goal attempts. Now, going back they, to they what I hit too. oh yeah, going back to yeah. what I remember watching that, uh, you didn't see St. Louis's receivers get bowed up like that. No, huh? And they were getting blowed up. Yeah. Hardcore. Huh? Hardcore blowed up. Hardcore. Uh, In the second quarter, the Rams drove to New England's 34-yard line, but Warner threw an incompletion on third down, and Wilkins had a 52-yard field goal attempt, and it went wide left. With 8.49 left in the second quarter, uh, a blitz by linebacker Mike Vrabel and boy, how versatile was Mike Vrabel? Because yeah. they used to put him in as tight end. Yeah. And I loved watching him play tight end. I, I loved watching Mike Vrabel, Vrabel play just just play football. I mean, He's a Titans head coach, is he not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a gamer, dude. Yeah. A class yeah. act too. Class act, yes. Uh. Anyways, uh, Mike Vrabel let let a blitz on Warner who would be intercepted by one of my all-time favorite corners, Ty Law, on a pass that was intended for Isaac Bruce. Law scored on a 47-yard return to give the Patriots a 7-3 lead. With less than two minutes left in the first half, Warner would complete a pass to receiver Ricky Prohill at the Rams' 40-yard line, but New England defensive back Antoine Harris tackled him and forced a fumble, which was recovered by the Patriots. Tom Brady started off the Patriots' drive with a 16-yard completion to Troy Brown and finished with an 8-yard touchdown pass to David Patton with 31 seconds left in the half. By halftime, New England owned a surprising 14-3 lead. It was the first time in the entire 2001 season the Rams fell behind by more than 8 points in a game. So, to start the third quarter... The Patriots received the opening kickoff in the second half, but they could they couldn't do anything where they punted the ball. Uh, a twenty yard reception by receiver Aziz Hakeem, a twenty two yard reception by Isaac Bruce, and a defensive pass interference penalty on the Patriots uh, 
the Rams advanced to New England's 41-yard line. However, on the next play, Vrabel and Richard Seymour sacked Kurt Warner for a nine-yard loss. Warner then threw Richard Seymour, number 93. Damn good lineman, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Vrabel and defensive lineman Richard Seymour sacked him for a nine-yard loss. Warner would then throw incomplete passes, and the Rams had to punt the ball. Late in the third quarter, uh, Smith intercepted a pass intended for Torrey Holt after Hort, after Torrey Holt slipped coming off the line of scrimmage, and he returned the ball 30 yards to the Rams' 33-yard line. St. Louis defense did not give up a touchdown to the Patriots, although kicker Adam Vinatieri made a 37-yard field goal to increase the lead 17-3. to So as we get into the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 36. The Rams responded by driving the Patriots' three-yard line on their ensuing drive. Fourth and goal, the Rams attempted to score a touchdown. Warner went back to pass, finding no one open, scrambled to his right, trying to run the ball himself. He fumbled the ball while being tackled by linebacker Roman Pfeiffer, which was recovered by defensive back Jones, who returned it 97 yards for a touchdown. That would have increased the Patriots' lead to 23-3, but the play got called back for a holding penalty on Willie McGinnis, who basically, if you look, was like he was trying to bear hug Marshall Falk. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a blatant hold, it's like right here. Right. Uh, This gave the Rams a first down on the one-yard line. On second down, Warner scored on a two-yard touchdown run to cut the Patriots' lead 17-10. After Warner's touchdown, the Rams' defense forced the Patriots to a three-and-out. St. Louis would then drive from their own seven-yard line to New England's 36-yard line, uh, aided by a 30-yard catch by Ricky Prohill. However, Warner would be sacked for a 16-yard loss on second down, pushing the Rams back to their 46-yard line, which means they punted the ball. So as we get to the two-minute warning... The Rams are trailing 17 to 10. They forced New England to another three and out and got the ball back on their own 45 yard line with 151 left to go. Warner would step up here. He would throw three consecutive completions to three different receivers 18 yards to Hakeem, 11 yard to Murphy, and a 26 yard touchdown completion to Ricky Prohill that tied the game 17 to 17 with a minute 30 left. Patriots had no timeouts left for their ensuing drive. So here we go. Here starts the Tom Brady shit. Yep. A minute 30 to go. Super Bowl tied. No timeouts. John Madden, for those of you that don't remember, skip to the highlights on YouTube. John Madden suggested the Patriots should just run the clock out and try to win in overtime. Right. But no, we couldn't have that. Tom no. Tom Terrific's ego. <laughs> New England attempted to get the winning score in regulation on the final drive. Belichick conversed with offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss, and they agreed to go for it. Charlie Weiss of Notre Dame. Yes. Belichick later stated, with a quarterback like Brady going for the win is not that dangerous because he's not going to make a mistake. He's not an idiot. <laughs> 
Brady opened the drive with three dump-off completions to running back J.R. Redman, who got out of bounds on the last one and moved the ball to their 41-yard line with 33 seconds left. At this point, Madden admitted on the air that he now liked what the Patriots were doing. After an incomplete pass, Brady completed a 23-yard pass underneath to fucking Troy Brown again, who He's got out of bounds. I, oh, yeah, he was. And followed it up with a six-yard slant to tight end Jermaine Wiggins, who advanced to the Rams' 30-yard line. Brady spiked the ball with seven seconds left, which set up Vinatieri's 48-yard field goal attempt. Vinatieri, who had never missed a field goal indoors, made the kick as time expired. It marked the first time in Super Bowl history that the game was won by a score on the final play and the only second of the game and only the second game where a field goal was decisive with the first being in Super Bowl V with, between the Colts and the Cowboys. So 23... Right? Or 20-17. to 2017. 2017. Okay. Warner finished the game 28 completions on 44 attempts for 365, one touchdown, two interceptions, and rushed three times for six yards and touchdown. Um... Where's the big names that though? Bruce and, and Holt were just well. Shut it down. Hang on, I didn't. I didn't look at that. Hang on, I got a little ahead of myself. I mean, the, the numbers were there, but it wasn't to the big players, the big time players. They had him on ball. Right. Belichick was a, a, he's a genius when it comes to that shit. Let's see here. He's gonna, he's gonna make Ricky Pearl beat him and and Akeem and. Ricky Prohill. Okay, let's see. Uh, the Patriots had no turnovers. The Rams outgained the Rams outgained the Patriots four twenty seven to two sixty seven in total yards. But New England forced three turnovers that they converted into seventeen points. That's the game right there. Well, yeah. Not only are they committing turnovers, but they're turning those turnovers into points. Into points, right? Right. Um, Which Belichick seems to be a genius at that too. I don't know. This was uh, the New England area's first major championship since the Celtics won the NBA title in 86. Uh, the Rams' fourth quarter comeback of 14 points became the largest in Super Bowl history for a team to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter until the Patriots uh, and Falcons' Super Bowl. Uh, hey, you know how you like random fun facts yes okay like the ones that are like just so randomly stupid you roll your eyes when i say them oh you're laughing because you're laughing because you know this is going to be a good one don't you the patriots are the second team to have worn three different color jerseys in the super bowl and one uh let's see a red in super bowl 20 which have been bears yeah let's see yeah, so I, I just go through and list all the Super Bowls. It's just they, they're I don't know why that's funny to me, but it was like different color, like because I love the the dumb shit. Uh, I mean, I what you never thought of that. No. Here you go. Here's a Joe Namath one for you. The Patriots right. were the second biggest Super Bowl underdog to win behind only the Jets in Super Bowl three, who were underdogs against the Colts by eighteen points. Damn. 
Uh, four hours after the game ended, Tom Brady visited Bill Belichick's hotel room and asked if he had permission to go to Disney World. And Belichick said, of course you can go. How many times do you get to win the Super Bowl? Well, for you motherfuckers, it was a lot. I thought he was going to say they got into something else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so here you go, Kurt. Here's where we got. Here's where we got to go do the old pat down and ball rub on the Patriots. Okay. I don't know about you, but I personally don't enjoy giving ball rubs, but we got to do it. Yeah, okay. The game started the Patriots dynasty, being the first of nine Super Bowl appearances under duo Bill Belichick and quarterback Tom Brady. The Patriots finished the 0-2 NFL season 9-7, missing the playoffs, but they went on to win the Super Bowl the next two years, winning completing what many consider to be the ultimate benchmark for a dynasty in sports, which is three championships in four years. They won their fourth, fifth, and sixth Super Bowls a decade after their third. Brady also won four more Super Bowl MVP awards, three with the Patriots and, of course, one with Tampa Bay, making him the only player to be named Super Bowl MVP five times. Some teams have never even been to a Super Bowl five times. Brady's got five Super Bowl MVPs. Well, hang on. Here you go. I know you keep like talking about Spygate. Yes. And Deflate. And Deflategate. Okay, listen. I love my Colts. Deflategate wasn't going to matter a thing. They no, killed us that game. There was no way we were going to win that game. It's not, it's not the point, though. I mean, it's still cheating. I don't care how you, how you, you know, I don't know. Okay. Nothing was done about it. Super Bowl 20, Super Bowl 36 became part of the wider 2007, which is five years later, became part of the 2007 Spygate controversy, the Patriots videotaping. In addition to other videotaping allegations, the Boston Herald reported, citing an unnamed source, that the Patriots had taped the Rams' walkthrough practice prior to the game. After further investigations... The league determined that no tape of the Rams' Super Bowl walkthrough was ever made, and the Herald issued an apology in 2008 for their article. Nevertheless, the Patriots finished the 2007 regular season with a perfect 16-0 record, but failed to record an undefeated 19-0 season because of the Giants. Giants and Eli and Plaxico Burrs. At the conclusion of the 2015 NFL season, the Patriots held the NFL's best record since Spygate, compiling a 96-32 and record from 2008 to 2015. Huh. 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 So, uh... Like was watching other teams walk through, huh? Yeah. It sure looked like it on the field when the game time came. After the Patriots won their first championship in franchise history, it started a run of a team in American sports from NCAA football and basketball and the other four majors in North America to win a franchise championship with a wait of 17 years or more between titles. For example, the streak is still continuing in 2022 after Georgia won the National Football Championship for the first time since 1980, the, the LA Rams won the Super Bowl for the first time since 1999, and the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup for the first time since 2001. So, so, um, word association. Right on. Tom Brady. 
goat. I hate you. Well, I mean, I... Okay. He, sucker does have the credentials, I guess. Kurt Warner. Uh, greatest show on turf. Marshall Falk. Greatest show on turf. Greatest show on turf. Bill Belichick. Mastermind. Patriots linebacking core back in that era. Very solid. Vrabel. Vrabel. Bruski, McGinnis, Junior Seau. Rollins Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yes, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Mastermind, yeah. The Tuck Rule. Uh, don't really know if I understand it or not. The Patriots get the Patriots win this Super Bowl with the Tuck Rule. Yeah. Do the I, Patriots I do the Patriots make the Super Bowl without the Tuck Rule? No. Nice. I don't think they do. All right, Super Bowl thirty six. Super Bowl thirty six. Good Super Bowl. Here, here's what I'm gonna say. Unfortunately. I need maybe I need to improve my googling. So far, I have not been able to find a Google list where they rank all of the Super Bowls like they have been the World Series. Really? However, I haven't found an official one from ESPN. There's people out there that make fan-made ones all the time. All right. This one, Super Bowl 36. This one is consistently though from all these fan-made ones and blog-made ones is finishing in the top 10 a lot so and that's probably i think i would put this one in maybe top five super bowls of all time yeah i have to agree yeah because it was yeah. very back and forth it was uh i don't know it was interesting. it started a dynasty and it's a feel-good story 9-11 yeah like many you know before that had been pretty much i mean the bills are poor bills Besides that one where you get beat with the last second field goal, I mean, the other three, they get trounced. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So. Okay. So. I guess that wraps up that. Right. So, I gave you a list at the beginning of the episode of. You already know which one I'm gonna pick. Well, I mean, I mean, there. I gave you five good ones, and I yeah, and yeah. I know it's coming down and to there are five good ones. It's coming down, down to okay. It's well, I tell you what, it's either coming down to an outdoors episode or one of the two World Series episodes. How do you know? Well, because you love baseball and you also love being outdoors all the time. Except for today, yeah. I bet you didn't spend much time outdoors when you came home tonight. Hell no, hell no. So I, mean, I, I need to go out to the garden, pick some sweet corn and green beans right now. I'll probably do that after... I'm you need to feed there. me some corn and green beans. You need to fix supper next time I come over. I will. Make us some like what we had last year? country fried steak and garden fresh vegetables in the uh, air fryer. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do that. Okay, so what... making me hungry. <laughs> so which episode you picking? What are we doing next weekend? Because I got the kids this weekend. I want to do the great outdoors, but then again... I know I know where our bread and butter is, and that '90 World Series was pretty good. Dude. I mean, it's hard. It, you know, even though the ones that are over in four game sweeps, they're still good series. Still good series, and this is this is another surprise. I was three years old in 1990. I do not remember this. I remember it in later years from rewatching. 
Nobody seen this coming, dude. Nobody. The Reds over the A's, really? Yep. Would that have been the Bash Brothers still in Oakland? The Bash Brothers, yes. McGuire and Conseco. Yes. All all the uh, 88, I mean, they're all still there. So who was on them 90s Reds teams? Terry Steinbeck, Connie Lansford was still there. Uh, Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin. Hal Morris. Morris. Uh, Mariano Duncan. No shit. Eric Davis, Chris Sabo, Joe Oliver, catcher, Rob Nibble. Rob Nibble. Yes, uh, 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 left-hander. I can't think of his name now. Tom Browning. I feel like you're going to pick the 90 World Series now. Yes, I'm going to. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, so... Night, well, back to a World Series. Baseball's our usual bread and butter. Right now, and it's baseball season. It is baseball it season. World, it was a great World Series, even though it was a sweep. It was just, I mean, the, the bookies, I'm sure they were scratching their heads. Because, uh, I mean, from what I can remember from later years, after I got old enough to discover videotapes and TV and the internet, uh, Oakland was the favorite going into that World yeah, Series, were they not? Course. Yes, big time. Big time. And, like, That's this is the they, ultimate they Cinderella story. Yes, the Reds snuck up on everybody. Paul O'Neill would have been on that team. That's what I'm going to name that episode, Cinderella. Yes. I think that's a good name for it. And you know who the leader of that squad was? was Barry Larkin. He made it all go. Barry Larkin. Damn good shortstop. Who was skipper for the Reds? Lou Pinella. Was it Lou Pinella? It was Lou Pinella. It had to be. Lou Pinella. I'm thinking Lou Pinella. You're probably right. Don't quote me on that, but I'm thinking Lou Pinella and LaRusso was in the dugout for the A's. Huh. Is it? I'm looking. I'm looking. Hang on. Come on, Lou. Be there. (laughs) He's like, come on, Lou. (laughs) Internet's slow in the basement. Yeah. 1990 Cincinnati Reds. You know, Kurt, you're probably right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm thinking Lou Pinella, but well, I'll tell you right here. Let's uh, you don't miss very often, Lou Pinella. There you go. Yep, be his only World Series win, I think. Well, outside of being with the Yankees and as a player, but. It was the fifth World Series championship for the Reds, and it was their first since winning back-to-back in 75 and 76. Yep. And his team here was, I'm telling you, they were, I mean, they took, well, they surprised everybody that year, for sure. Sabo was at third base, Billy Hatcher in left field. There you go. Larkin shortstop. Wow. Eric Davis center field, Paul O'Neill right field. Yes. Yes. Uh, first base. Hal Morris. No, Todd. No. Uh, Todd. Benzinger. Okay, yeah, I do remember Todd Benzinger. Yeah, but I think Hal Morris is on that team. He, yeah, hang on, let me see here. Joe Oliver was, um, catcher. Mariano yep. Duncan, you're right, second base. Yep, he had a great series, too. Mariano Duncan did. Hal Morris. Billy Hatcher. Hal Morris, he, uh. He had a 340 batting average that season. Yeah, he batted, he played mostly against the right-handed. 
Uh, do you know who? You know who else we just forgot about? Who's that? Who else come off the bench? Batting two oh six that season. Ken exactly. Griffey Sr. There you go. I did not know it. Huh. And the bullpen. Oh, man. Nasty boys. The nasty boys. Browning, Jose Rio, baby. Oh, yes, yes. Jack Armstrong, right. Danny Jackson. Yes, Danny Jackson was a damn good player. Danny Jackson had a 361 ERA that season. Pretty good. Uh, Jose had the best though. Jose had a 270 ERA. I was just getting ready to say 270. Don't ask me how I knew that. I don't. How did you know that? I I just seen it on a baseball card or something. You know, <laughs> I just stuck. I got a photogenic memory sometimes. Is that whoa, 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 whoa! Rick, is that Rick Mahler? Mahler? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. there too. Yep. And yeah, who saw his squad? Ron Dibble. Rob, man, yeah, Nasty Boys. The Nasty Boys, it really yeah, was. That's what they called them. Randy Myers had 31 saves that season. Hard-throwing left-hander. Hard-throwing left-hander. Man, you're all excited about this, aren't you? Yeah, I am. We done, uh, we done covered 2% of the episode already. <laughs> so you want to do the 1990 yeah. World Series? If, if you're down with that. I'm down with that, that of course. Right and... I need to get in touch with the after two beers guys and tell them that your old ass yeah. is excited to talk baseball cards. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're gonna have we're gonna have to drive. We're gonna have to go up there. I'll drive. It's all right, it's all right. I mean, can you sit still in a car for about three hours? Yeah, you put on some uh, easy listening country music or some rebel country music. I'll be all right. I'll just we can blare Black Sabbath and ACDC all the way up there. That'll work too. That'll work too. What well, stop get something to eat? Oh yeah, I'll feed you. I'll feed uh, you. Uh, I'll let you know when. I'll touch base with them, and we'll get a date picked out. It'll probably be next month sometime. So, okay. yep, sounds good, dude. All right, brother. I'll get this uploaded and uh, tell everybody yeah. I said hey in the shithole and try to stay cool tomorrow. Will do, man. All right, brother. Catch you later. Peace. Yep, Bye-bye. Peace out. All right, everybody. So for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. We hope you enjoyed our uh, full length. <laughs> just drew a blank. Our first uh, full length episode in almost a month here. Our first one done on a weeknight, but uh, that was Super Bowl 36, Rams Patriots, and uh, we will catch you guys soon. <laughs>